This is Dr. Kate Eckert with the Form, Function, and Flow Lab podcast. I'm a chiropractor, yoga instructor, anatomy junkie, and movement educator. And I am looking forward to exposing you to all sorts of ways that you can prehab your body to avoid injury and maintain those hobbies, activities, sports that you love to do. And we'll also be focusing a lot on the pregnant and postpartum journey and making sure that you can return to those activities that you love or even keep doing them while you're pregnant. I wanted to talk today about acute issues and flare-ups that people have. So lots of pain, you can't move very well, whether it be in your neck or in your lower back and what to do about it. And I think that people want a miracle big fix and they think more might be better. And really that couldn't be further from the truth. When you are having an acute flare up, no matter where it is happening in your body, your brain senses that pain as a huge stressor and we're in fight or flight mode and not able to heal. So the first thing to do is try to get out of that stressed, very intense state and get as um, much into your parasympathetic self to help start that healing process and let your brain feel protected. When it's in a ton of pain, it feels threatened and it's going to tighten things up everywhere to protect itself. It's, it's there for a reason. So a lot of times when you're having, let's say you're having a low back flare up and you're trying to stretch it out because you feel tight, you're trying to take away the brain's safety mechanism. You're trying to stretch away something it's doing to protect itself. So we need to let it feel more protected and then be able to get more mobility. So often I will give people exercises that aren't in the area of the pain itself. Um, And that is often also because where the pain is happening is definitely not indicative of where the problem is happening. A lot of times the pain site is not where the source of dysfunction is. Ida Rolf said it best, where you think it is, it ain't. And um, so we'll try maybe some mobility exercises are in the areas that are not painful around the area. And then the number one thing that I like to do for people is breath work. Now we've talked about breath a ton on here, but I don't want you to discount it when you are struggling with a very acute issue. I know it feels like you're not doing enough or you're not um, targeting the area that's painful, but it helps immensely. And I don't want you to minimize what a big effect it can have on someone. I had a few patients come in recently in the past two weeks that came in with excruciating pain. I gave them some mobility exercises to do. I always give patients exercises and breath work to do, send them videos to do with it. And I always put the caveat on there that 
This is not a no pain, no gain situation. So if the exercise that I give feels sharp or in, too intense, painful, then they should skip it and we'll tweak it to be more accessible or find something altogether different to do because we don't want to give that brain any more reason to tighten up and guard against what we're doing. So I gave these patients some mobility exercises to do and breath work. And I always give a variety of different breath work exercises to do because you never know what's going to be more accessible to someone. Um, and it might change depending on the time of day, depending on how, um, how they're feeling at that moment. So with one particular patient, they weren't able to do the mobility at work at all. And they were only to do, able to do one type of breath work. They could only get into one position comfortably and do their breathing, but they did what they could and they were shocked that they felt better just from breathing. Now this person was having low back, severe low back pain and they were just floored that breathing would have a positive effect on their back pain because it to them, it didn't seem connected. And it really is connected to your low back in the literal sense, because part of the diaphragm attaches onto your spine itself. So they are connected, but it also has the ability to calm your nervous system because it's stimulating your vagus nerves and helping you get from that fight or flight mode to rest and restore. So we need to learn that 360 breath. So we did an episode on what is 360 breath? Why does it help? And this is why, because doing that type of breathing, whether, you know, whatever style you're doing to get that more stiff area to open up is going to help with that diaphragm engagement. So our breathing muscle, and that allows us to really, stimulate the vagus nerves, help get you into a more relaxed and restful state. And it can also make a difference in helping you get more rest or more sleep because we really need sleep to heal as well. So for her doing the breath work, just the one style for a few days was able to get her enough relief come in to see me. And then we were able to get her to be able to do a few more different styles of breath work to help get even more mobility of the rib cage because good mobility of the rib cage is also going to affect your low back. Um, and that would be one of those instances where getting mobility in that area, even though my rib cage feels fine, I don't know why I'm working on my rib cage, that mobility then gives you less low back pain. And that can be for any area. And I also have people do that when they have neck pain as well. I think people think of their ribs as only on lower on their sides because they can see that area, but your rib cage comes all the way up to around your neck, like a choker. And it's really gonna affect the mobility of your neck, the, ability, the mobility of your shoulders. If you're having shoulder issues, Rib cage mobility is 
very imperative. And the best way to get rib cage mobility is by working on your 360 degree breath. And everybody's different. Everybody has different postural things that they do throughout the day. So where I'm tight at in my rib cage, it's not going to be the same place you're tight at in your rib cage. I spend my days bent over patients all day. So my issue for rib cage mobility is um, more lateral on the sides, just with the way I work on patients, but that's definitely not going to be everybody's issue. So when you're working through getting your rib cage more mobile, you want to kind of really check in with your body and see, where do I feel the tightest? Do I feel tighter on one side versus the other? A good way to differentiate if you're able to expand more on one side of the rib cage than the other is if you're doing sideline breathing and you get that um, lateral movement of one side and then bringing it back in and do it both sides and see which side is easier and then kind of peel back the layers of your day and think what am I doing throughout the day that might be a little asymmetrical. Do I drive with one arm and lean on something else with the other arm? Do I always watch TV on the same side of the couch and um, swing my legs to this one side and have one side of the rib cage real stretched out and the other side real compressed? And is that the same position I sit in every night to watch an hour of TV? Maybe you should switch sides of the couch, mix it up, and try to bring a little more balance back into your into your day. Now, for myself, I you know I'm more limited in treat like the treating patients part of my day, and I know what tightens me up in that area. So I try to use my gorgeous ball, which is a little blow up Pilates ball, to get better rib cage mobility because I do suffer a lot with carrying stress in my neck and I'm prone to headaches. So I like to make sure that I ease that rib cage mobility and that helps me keep the neck pain at bay and the headaches at bay. So now that's a more, more chronic thing, but when you take those concepts and add it into your acute problems, doing that little bit of making your breath work better for you helps with the bigger problems that seem more in your face, like an acute flare up where you can't walk really well, or you can't pick things up. Um, So don't discount the little things and the things that aren't where the pain is at, because those can be what get you to the point where you can be more mobile and you can take more active steps and then introduce mobility work and strengthening and those kind of things to prevent something from happening later. So I just wanted to briefly touch on that for everybody, not just my patients that come in. So don't discount the little stuff and the stuff that isn't where the pain is at because that can be what really helps you when you're having a really acute, terrible flare up of something. So you can do stuff on your own 
throughout the day to kind of manage that and give you as much relief as possible so that you can get back to your normal routine, back to your picking up your kids, running, going to the gym, all of those things. And if you have any questions on anything, feel free to reach out. I'd be happy to answer them. I look forward to working with you guys. And if you have any topics that you'd like discussed, make sure to comment below and let me know. I'd be happy to share all the knowledge that I have on those issues.